This week on the podcast, we are continuing on with nonprofit news. And this is a, just a quick summary from the week of February 15th. And thanks to Carisha Martinez and Nick Azale. Nick, did I pronounce your name right? You got it, George. Yes. It's a good thing we've only been working together for like a year. Uh, all right, let's jump into the news. Carisha, can you go through the at a glance? Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest news this week is thinking about GoFundMe charity and it's shutting down, which is really devastating for a lot of nonprofits who rely on this platform for their charities. What they're doing is they're kind of just merging like personal GoFundMes and GoFundMe charity into one uh, situation. But they're also stopping their API um, of GoFundMe charity starting March 31st, um, which is pretty short notice considering it's almost the end of February for new nonprofits to kind of figure out a new strategy for their fundraising. Um, our COO, Megan Anhalt, talked to us Nonprofit Times um, and said just how devastating it really is. Um, so that's, I think, the biggest in nonprofit news. But I think a good reminder of making sure that you have different avenues for your fundraising efforts. Um, I know a lot of our clients kind of focus on Facebook fundraisers and things like that, but making sure that you have different avenues that can generate revenue and donations is pretty important um, if just one avenue shuts down. Yeah, and this genesis comes from originally CrowdRise getting uh, purchased by GoFundMe, turning into a GoFundMe charity on top of obviously GoFundMe, which is like the individual, like just massive leader in individuals like, giving uh to two different individually driven campaigns but it's tough right if you go in with a platform and that platform gets bought it's now like a real almost risk assessment you have to do when choosing a platform so unfortunately a tough lesson being learned maybe by uh, a lot of nonprofits out there but that was uh, reported by the nonprofit times yeah yeah, for sure. More nonprofit news as it relates to CEO positions um, on our last nonprofit news feed podcast. We talked about some unfortunate news um, with CEO um, of Bronx Parent Housing Network, um, which is a really big um, homeless shelter in New York. Um, and he was accused of some sexual harassment allegations um, and is now stepping down as CEO um, or was terminated actually too. Um, so that's unfortunate news. He was terminated. And then also the other CEO United of United Way World um, had uh, uh, resigned. Actually, he's the one who resigned, Brian Gallagher, following right. the sexual harassment allegations. Yeah. And unrelated news, Robin Hood, not to be confused with Robin Hood, um, his founder, the CEO, Wes Moore, announced that he is stepping down. Um, if you remember last week, we talked about Robin Hood, which is a, um, a hunger organization, I believe, which was confused with Robin Hood, um, the investment app. <laughs> but uh, Robin Hood, the nonprofit, was seeing a really high note, um, and their founder or CEO has stepped down um, after one of its best years in history, raising over $230 million. And Westmore had a week. So Westmore, yeah, stepping out on a high note, Robin Hood Foundation, uh, a leading organization, certainly around their well-known fundraiser in New York, fighting poverty and supporting homelessness in New York at a, at a scale that is almost unprecedented. But this poor guy was getting harassed because people thought he was the CEO of Robin Hood, the trading app that closed down the GameStop uh, trade on the buy side, which really pissed people off. And got tangled in it. And he's like, wrong guy, wrong guy. And people going after him. So uh, I hope he gets a, a well-deserved vacation for doing a great job. And people stop confusing him with the Robin Hood app CEO. For sure. All right, Nick, can you walk us through some of the summary updates that we tossed in here? Sure, George. So the, the first story is about 
uh, millennials donating more than baby boomers. Um, according to this article, more many millennials than boomers plan to give $500 or more this year. And to me, I immediately started thinking about we're already seeing shifts in the giving sphere, especially around, you know, uh, large donors in the philanthropic space um, are increasingly, have always been, but increasingly visible women donors in that space. But this is even at the more micro scale, we're beginning to see some shifts in giving. And when we think about organizational priorities, um, kind of shifting away from older generations to younger generations who, you know, more activist, um, more aware of kind of social justice issues. This could, this could be a uh, an interesting thing to keep an eye on in the future. Yeah, you know they pulled about a thousand Americans uh, in one study and twelve hundred in another, but it's it's a, a trend to see. And I've been seeing more podcasts around people being more planned around what they intend to give over the course of the year, rather than like at the end of you know the stroke of end of December, like writing a bunch of checks at the last minute, but really saying like, all right. I have this much money this year and I'm going to act like a mini, you know, philanthropist and, and do that. And I think that's a wonderful trend to see with like very intentional giving uh, from a generation, by the way, that's going to have the largest transfer of wealth to it in the history of the people. Wow. Think of the wealth accumulated right by the boomer and great generations there transferring over the next 30 years. So that little, you know, $500 or $100 check that you're getting from someone, keep in mind that like, you know, this is a generation that's going to to be the stewards of significant capital. Food for thought. What else do we got, Nick? All right. Here's another one from the Southern United States border. And this is an article that talks about the pivotal role that nonprofits play in helping asylum seekers. Now, at the border, um, a Trump administration policy called MPP, Migrant Protection Protocols, actually forces asylum seekers at the border to remain in Mexico while they're pending, uh, while their cases, cases are pending in the United States. This is against international law, but lo and behold, all these asylum seekers are living in makeshift refugee camps um, in Mexico at the southern border. But now it appears that some of them will be allowed into the United States uh, kind of more, more proactively as the Biden administration moves in and, and makes uh, some initial changes here. But the, the key player here are nonprofits, these organizations working often with very limited resources that are helping people file and apply for asylum. Um, now, granted, access, getting access to the United States, uh, it's, it's really these organizations that are filling in a huge gap. A, <laughs> huge gap doesn't even begin to describe the, the catastrophe that is uh, the U.S. immigration process, but these small NGOs and nonprofits are providing a lifeline to these people um, and will have to step up and increasingly do so over the next couple of months. Yeah, you can talk about policy all you want, but when you get down to a ground game, who's helping families reaching across and, and taking those risks? And, you know, you hear these stories individually, but it's nice to see an aggregate, uh, you know, when you see the importance of the nonprofit sector um, as that uh, extra, extra branch of, 
our you know trust centers and, and work in America. I can go ahead and talk about billionaires giving money, uh, which is always <laughs> nice to see. You know, um, that's pretty important. But uh, in our news, we see top 50 U.S. donors um, gave about 24.7 billion dollars to charity in 2020. A lot of these donations coming from billionaires, um, but there's a catch, right? Like where exactly is this money going? You see these headlines of Jeff Bezos giving billions of dollars to these organizations, but then there seems to be a little bit of murky water when you get down to the to the fine details of it. Um, we t- we're thinking about donor advised funds and kind of just storing money away in these warehouses, quote unquote, where organizations might not be able to get to it um, and really make the change and impact that they could be making today um, if they were to get that money yesterday or last week. Um, so overall, great that people are giving money, um, but just need to question a little bit when exactly they're getting that money and where exactly it's going. Yeah, and so the Chronicle of Philanthropy uh, ran this ran this report, and it's you know it's a big increase. You're talking about twenty four point seven billion given in twenty twenty versus the fifteen point eight billion uh, given in twenty nineteen. This is just by the top fifty people. So hopefully that's a trend that keeps going with uh, giving pledge and pieces like that. More news um, about Aunt Jemima, which is most known for pancake syrup and all of those things. Um, but that brand is being renamed as the Pearl Milling Company um, and really retiring a racist stereotype that Aunt Jemima um, has been known for. Um, there have been countless um, kind of remarks and arguments and points being made about Aunt Jemima really uh, being a caricature stereotype um, for Black people dating back all the way to slavery um, and getting rid of this kind of caricature, this persona um, is just one step forward in kind of removing those stereotypes. Um, So great to see that it's being renamed Pearl Milling Company, which is the company that actually produced the the syrups and the pancakes powders and things like that. Um, They'll be keeping their same kind of branding. So you'll still see the red and yellows um, and similar, you know, still things, but Aunt Jemima the person um, won't be on those boxes anymore. Yeah, I think, you know, once you've made it into an SNL skit meme, it's time to change your name. Uh, The change is also coming with an announcement of a a million dollar commitment to empower and uplift black girls and women. Uh, And just you're like, oh, that's not very much. It's part of PepsiCo's $400 million uh, commitment over a five year period to advance and uplift black businesses and communities. So, uh, you know, significant dollars there. Okay, should we move on to... A feel-good story? Let's do it, George. (laughs) It is a good story. Um, So this one comes out of California. And of course, as the world mourns the passing of um, Alex Trebek, it actually comes out that uh, his uh, associates um, and people close to him have begun to uh, donate his clothes to a good cause. They're giving it to a charity um, they're auctioning off his clothes and, and giving the proceeds to a charity that helps folks uh, recovering from incarceration and addiction. So, um, you know, Alex brought so much joy to the world and this organization kind of returns the favor, you know, and, and continues his legacy of, uh, of, of giving to, to people who need it. So a, a feel good story there. You'll love to see little stories like this. Yeah, I mean, I think the Doe Fund, um, the organization, I believe, uh, running that is uh, tremendous in terms of employment, creating jobs and, you know, serving as that vehicle to get people 
uh, back on their feet. But, you know, I think <laughs> if I were maybe picking up one of those uh, neckties pieces, I'd frame it and eBay it. So if anyone's listening at the Doe Fund, I'm all for getting the clothes back in the system, but I think you may want to consider auctioning some of that stuff um, as long as you do it in the form of a question. Okay, well, thanks as always for joining us. And this is the nonprofit newsfeed, sort of rundown nonprofitnewsfeed.com. You can find it for free. We put it in your inbox, usually on Mondays, unless there's a holiday, then it's Tuesday. And thanks for joining us. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com slash university to keep learning with us. Thanks as always to Greg Thomas Music.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 